Morning, family. Everybody doing well? I want to really encourage you to make your plans to be here this evening. Um, it's going to be, you're really going to enjoy it. Um, and as the announcement said, it's not just a Christmas celebration that we're doing. There's a, there's a prophetic element to our Christmas celebration this year also. Um, the title of our, of our time together is Come and, uh, uh, Come and See the King. And um, that is not only an invitation that we want to respond to, but it's also a call that we're making over our city. Yesterday we had the choir, which is made up of the two churches, Hatfield South and uh, Hatfield here, uh, joined together and they performed in the, one of the malls in the city and proclaimed the name of Jesus. And the same music, a lot of the same that was, is going to be sung tonight, they sang in the mall yesterday, really proclaiming the name of Jesus in a public space. And it was phenomenal. It was astounding to see just Jesus being loved in a place like that while people are busy doing shopping. And uh, just, it was great. And a part of the heart of it is really to say, come and see our King to our city. So tonight we're going to do that here, but as it was also said, we're going to end with a special way of really calling over our city to come and see the King uh, in this next year as we trust God for His moving among us in very special ways. So be here. We start at 6 and um, come a bit earlier. Make sure you get some good seats. There will be stuff happening uh, around and we'll be having singers in the foyer and there's going to be lots of fun things. So please join us for that time together. Well, in the message this morning, I really want to try and put a bit of a amen, a full stop, a let it be on our series that we've had, not only for this year, but this term also, as we've been considering what it means to be a disciple and the disciple's quest and various different things that we've spoken about that. And as, as I was preparing this week, I really felt something of God's heart for people in this time and uh, hope to be able to communicate some of that. A couple of weeks ago, um, we had an elders meeting here, we, most of the time our elders meetings on Sunday evenings, and we had an elders meeting on a Sunday evening, uh, we ended at about 8 o'clock or something, and uh, as we left, one of, the, one of the elders, one of the ladies discovered that her car didn't want to start, a battery seems to have been flat, so as we do as men, you know, we rallied around and we're going to fix the problem, so uh, some of the guys pushed the car down the parking lot here to get it started, but it couldn't, it didn't want to start. It had nothing in the battery. So eventually we ended up right way down at the bottom of the parking lot. And um, so I pulled my car around and thinking, okay, we're going to at least be able to jumpstart the car. And we, somebody had jumper cables and we got the jumper cables out. And, you know, now we're going to jumpstart the car. Ha, ha, ha. We're going to, you know, solve this problem. So we open up the, the, the bonnet and, you know, for, to look for the battery. But how many of you know these modern day cars have got plastic covers over everything? So um, in the dark there with cell phone torches, we started undoing covers and, you know, started unpacking and it looked like surgery was going on with parts flying and everything and trying to find this battery. And about 15 minutes later, about three men standing there scratching their heads, looking and at a, lo a lot of plastic lying around, but no battery to be found. We couldn't find the battery. So it's like, does this car not have a battery? What's going on here? And uh, so we started searching through the rest of the car. Perhaps it's under the driver's seat. Perhaps it's under the passenger seat. And so we worked our way back, and eventually somebody opened the boot and packed away the, and opened the floorboard, and there's the battery. <laughs> Who puts a battery in a boot? Never heard of such a thing. So here's the battery in the boot. Hey, we found it. So now we've got to get the car pull closer, and we put the jumper cables, and then we're trying to attach the jumper cables. But this battery also has other stuff all around it, and plates, and 
stuff that I don't even know what to call them, and you can't get the, 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 the cables attached to the terminals of the battery. So some more scratching of heads, and at this, this point, my usefulness ran out in terms of the car. So I moved to my other talent, which is telling jokes. So I, I stood around and just tell jokes because it was just a coping mechanism. I didn't have any more thing that I could contribute towards this situation. So I was standing around telling jokes and we were, you know, and trying and eventually we got some more tools and we're starting to undo the plates and all the stuff around the battery and to see, can we get the, the, the cables attached to the terminal? And an hour later, nothing. We're still standing in the dark. And, and it was one of these cars, you know, these modern cars where you don't even have a key, you have a button. So you push the button, nothing happens. I mean, I, at least when it was an older car with a key, you turn the key, it goes, mm, mm, mm. you know there's something. This car, nothing. So we're standing around and, you know, there's about 15 people by now gathered around this car. The owner of the car standing there to the one side say, I mean, you sure I can't phone my husband? No, no, we got it. We got it. We, you know, we got this covered. Don't worry. We, we'll do this. Eventually, somebody drives up and says, stop, 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 stop. Somebody that knew this car said, look, this is how it works. Just put all that stuff back. There are actually two terminals in the front where you just attach the cables to and it'll work. It's not a problem. But and within five minutes, boom, the car starts. So now I know. German cars made in Bavaria boots bat most of their batteries on the boot. So uh, wonderful. She was able to drive off, bought a new battery the next day. As I thought of the story, it sort of, or let me put it this way. As I was praying about today's message, this image came into my mind. And I felt that it's like the Lord showed me that so often that's what some people feel like when it comes to wanting to do the journey of a disciple. They have the desire, they want to start the engine, they want to gain momentum, they want to go and follow the Lord, but when they turn the key, it just goes, and there's just no power. And if you've seen that with people. In my years of ministry, I've often observed it, how people that they, they, good, they, they really have the desire. They, they want to grow with the Lord. They want to go. They, they hear the sermons. They, they, perhaps they're chatting with friends or reading a book or something, and they, they feel motivated. They feel stirred. I, I want to follow Jesus, and I want to have a breakthrough. I want to go to the next level. I want to go further than I've ever gone before. And then, they, and then they get ready, and they say, okay, now we're going to go. And then they go, mm, mm, mm. and it just doesn't want to get going. And like this friend of ours, eventually, you know, she, she didn't know what to do, so she'd call other people. And other people came and said, no, we, we, we know how to get the car started. And, and they tried everything. And then after about an hour, she was standing there on the side talking with people and just, you know, enjoying the fellowship. And there were three or four guys standing around the car scratching their heads. And sometimes it even works like that in discipleship. People feel like, I want to get going for Jesus. So they call the pastor, they call the prayer team, they call the prophet, they call the, you know, everybody. And they say, okay, now we're going to get it done. And they all, and then they, and eventually the person standing on the side, they're talking. While the pastor, the prayer team, and the prophet stand there scratching their heads going, I don't know what to do, how to get this engine going. We've tried everything we know how to do. 
We just don't know how to connect with the terminals. We just don't know how to deliver the charge that this engine needs so that it can go. And it's probably one of the saddest things you'll find is when a person has really decided and that they want to follow the Lord and, and go for it and, and, and put their hearts into it and, and, and they struggle. And it really comes to a sad point when some point, sometimes you see people like that, they go, oh, well, I tried. And I mean, they didn't say, am I doing something wrong? Okay, when the sound man goes like that, then, you know, we're all in trouble. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. You know, when, when, it's, when a person has really, made, I mean, mean it, not just said, oh, I've tried it, it didn't work, but really try to increase the momentum for following Christ or really become a disciple of Jesus and become a believer, and it just doesn't seem like they, they can get going. Have you noticed that with some people? And it's, it's heartbreaking, isn't it, when you see that? And as we've been sharing this year about what it means to be a disciple, there may even be people here this morning that have felt like that. You heard some of the messages, you had conversations, perhaps you went to a life group and you shared together and you felt, man, I'm, I'm going to gain some momentum, I'm going to do this stuff, or I'm gonna, and you push the button and nothing happens. Or if you're an older model, you turn the key and it goes, mm, mm. and you go, what am I doing wrong? What am I missing? Where are my terminals? Where, where's my battery? Can somebody just come and help me get going? And then you come next Sunday and you worship and you feel, okay, now. Mm, mm. Just doesn't. Um, we're adding sound effects this morning to something. Do you want me to do something different? Handout? Who is the handout? Thank you. I'll switch this off. Mm, mm, there we go. Got it. And it can feel very frustrating. It can feel very difficult if you're part of a community. And you can see others are gaining momentum. You can see others turn the engine and go, and you go, why is mine going? And this guy next to me turns the key and goes, and you think, wow. I mean, let's be honest. If you're in that place in life where your engine's going, and the guy next to you goes, you get a bit irritated with him. Don't you? A little bit of spiritual jealousy comes up inside of you. It's like, yeah, it's too spiritual. That's too much. You know, or whatever. Or perhaps you're very happy for that person, but you're feeling, what's wrong with me? Why, why can't I get into this? I, I, I want to be excited. I want to be where everybody else is. Now, I, th I trust you've made the connection this year that as we've been sharing, we've actually been preaching our vision and we just sang it. What's our vision? God's kingdom, hearts, homes, and beyond. And if they put the slide up there, you'll see hearts, homes, and beyond it. And you can put up, in, and out. What we're building our lives around and what we're shaping this community around is God's kingdom. We spoke about this extraordinary king, this amazing king that we have that's so different, this king of love, and how he, he's built this kingdom of love and how we respond to him in love. And, and that reshapes us on the inside first, our hearts. And from there it goes into our homes. And by homes we don't just mean my home, my family, my, it's my in-places. 
The places where I get discipled, where I get shaped, where I get fed by the Lord. So this could even be a home for us, an in space. And then beyond, it's the out spaces. It's the spaces where I go and make disciples, go and share, go and give what I've received. God's kingdom up, in and out. God's kingdom hearts, homes, and beyond. We've been speaking about this, and, and, and we're really trusting God for His working among us by the Spirit of God so that we can do and go and live the kingdom. And I've, I've enjoyed this year, and I felt that, you know, I got charged up, and my engine's got a bit of more horsepower to it, and, you know, I've got some greater potential, and, and, and when I turn the engine, I feel, vroom, perhaps November now, beginning of December, it's a little bit more, vroom, but, you know, it, I feel charged, I feel excited, but I'm very aware that that's not everybody. Some people just may feel, man, how, how do I step into this? I was reminded that even in Jesus' own inner team, he had people that had such vast different experiences about what it means to be a follower of Christ. He had some in his team that were the, Vroom! I mean, Peter's engine was always running high revs. It was like, just slow down a little bit. He had the disciples that were so excited. And, but do you know that Jesus also had a couple of disciples right there amongst the 12, some of the inner team that, mm, they were like that. I think of Thomas. Now, if you, imagine you're part of a group that's called disciples. Another word for disciples are believers. The followers of Christ, the ones that believe in Christ. But your nickname is? Doubter. Doubting Thomas. Right there, it shows you there's a little bit of a problem here. I mean, he's part of the team called the believers, but he's the doubter of the believers. Interesting concept that right in Jesus' disciples' team, there's a doubter. There's a skeptic. There's a guy that finds it hard to believe. I don't know if it's by nature that he was just a pessimistic person or, as we would say nowadays, a realist. You know, he was just that guy that went, yeah, sure. He just, he took that little bit more convincing. He, he was always thinking, ah, things aren't going to be so great. Remember the time when Jesus said to his disciples, listen guys, we've got to go to, to where Lazarus is and, you know, and go and be with a family. Do you, do you remember what Thomas' response was? Yeah, we might as well go and get killed for our troubles. That was his response. Not, yay, we're going to go see our friends. It's like, yeah, we're going to go and probably get killed. He just was that guy, that ray of sunshine. You know, that person that always made everything seem possible. He was the guy that Jesus would say to Peter, listen, I'm going to go do this. Will you just please help Thomas? Just orientate his heart. Just, you know, work through his issues. Just, you know, process a little bit so that when we go, he can be a bit more positive. This is Thomas. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's with Jesus, sees all the miracles. You know, he was the guy that when Jesus walked on water, he went and checked. Is there not something under the water here? Is there not like a glass floor here or something? What's going on? I found it amazing. The events after the death of Jesus and his resurrection. We told the story that, you know, obviously the crucifixion came, happened on the Friday. Jesus was arrested on the Thursday. Crucifixion happened on the Friday. At that point, the disciples scattered. Thomas was one of the disciples that from a distance watched Golgotha and watched and saw the crucifixion. It, it hit him very hard. His, 
It's sort of all his expectations, like with the others, all fell apart and didn't know how to respond to this. Saturday, Jesus was crucified. Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead. Sunday evening, some of the disciples are gathered in the upper room, praying, waiting on the Lord, fearing for their lives. The doors are locked. They're hiding, finding encouragement in each other. As they're busy in that event, as they're together, suddenly Jesus appears in their midst. Comes and tells them, listen guys, I'm here still. I'm around. Jesus appears amongst them and they go, wow, what an amazing event. Wow. I mean, talk about a faith stirrer. Talk about your, your belief system being turned on its head. Thinking that it's all fall, fell, fell, fallen, fell, whatever, fell apart. And now suddenly, yes, Jesus. And wow, he, he, remember he told us this is going to happen. That's what he meant. Wow. And the disciples are over the moon. Only problem is Thomas wasn't there. He wasn't in the room. Don't know if he was watching the Sunday night movie on Mnet. He was depressed. Just, he wasn't there. He missed the moment. Such a key moment. In John 20, verse 24, onwards, you can read about this. In verse 24, it says, One of the twelve's disciples, Thomas, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand in the, into the wounds in his side. I won't believe it. You guys are just telling me stories. You're just you know, trying to pick me up. You're just trying to make me feel better. Yeah, those photos are photoshopped. That's just not true. It's not right. It's all a lie. I'd, I'm not calling Doubting Thomas for nothing. You're not going to catch me so easily. It's not true. He's not excited about this. Mm, mm. I mean, the other disciples are going, vroom, red hot, their engine's on fire. Man, God is coming. He raised from the dead. Whoa! Mm, mm. I love this. John 20, verse 26. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. But suddenly, do you want to do that? Do you want to say, but suddenly? But suddenly, remember Dwayne's message to us earlier this year, but suddenly. So here's doubting Thomas with the disciples. At least they got him this far. Come and just come. Just, we'll give you great coffee. Just come, just hang out with us a little bit. Just, you can't stay at home, watch Netflix all the time. Just come, just be with us. Just, you know, so Thomas is with them. But suddenly, as before, as it happened a little bit more than a week ago, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. When Jesus stands among you suddenly and he says, peace be with you, it means because you need peace. Because suddenly, here's Jesus. Same as it happened before. The other disciples are like, yes! See, Thomas, we told you! And it seems that Jesus did this for Thomas. Because immediately he turns to Thomas. Put your finger here and look at my hands. What did Thomas say eight days ago? I'll not believe unless I put my finger in his hands. I'm not going to believe. Jesus quotes him. He says, put your fingers here. Put your hand into the wound on my side. 
Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Wow. The love of Jesus. The grace, the care of Jesus. The Jesus that said, if I've got a hundred sheep and one goes lost, I will leave the 99 and go and look for the one. That Jesus says, I'm not going to leave Thomas behind. I'm going to help him. I'm going to meet him at his point where he needs to be met. And Jesus comes around again. The same as he did the previous time. He could have said, well, Thomas, you missed it. You weren't there. Sorry for you, friend. Watch the video. Get with the program. No. The next time they're together, Jesus comes again. Comes around again. He says, Thomas, here I am. Put your hands in my, the holes in my hand. Touch my side. If that's what you need, if that's the thing that's going to start your engine, if that's what's going to charge your terminals and get your battery give the, with the power so that you can go, then that's what I'll give you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to let you go. Jesus comes around again. And Thomas responds in verse 28, My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. My Lord and my God. If you read the traditions about Thomas's life, he went from the book of Acts into Iraq, preached the gospel, into Iran, and then from there into India. Led many Brahmins, priests of, uh, of um, Hinduism, to the Lord. In AD 72, it seems he was killed by a group of Brahmins because of his faith and what he stood for. This moment started... His engine. He went from uh, uh, to vroom because Jesus knew him. Jesus knew where his terminals were. Jesus knew that his battery is not by the engine, his battery is actually somewhere else. Jesus knew him. And Jesus, isn't he the one that said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? Isn't he the one that said, it's better for you that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come and he will guide you into all truth. So that the Holy Spirit can come and be Thomas's Holy Spirit, can be Peter's Holy Spirit, can be John's Holy Spirit. That each of us can have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit knows each of us and he walks with us. He knows how to get us started. If I think of the up, one of the major things about growing in our up, it's to be able to hear God's voice. And as a church, we've got such a rich heritage of learning how to hear God's voice. Many of us that have been here for long will remember that year where Pastor Ed said, the only thing we're going to talk about for a whole year is how to hear God's voice. And it's such an amazing thing. But even in that, do you know that different people hear God's voice different? And learn differently. I mean, I've got friends and people over the years that I've seen that, that they say, okay, I'm going to learn to hear God's voice. And boom, immediately they start hearing God's voice. It's like, boom. Yay. Wow. For me, it was about a two-year journey of really intentionally learning how to hear God's voice. Many times it went, mm -hmm. And then I thought I heard God's voice and then would share it with somebody and they would go, no. 
That's not what God is saying. But I'm so grateful that the Lord never gave up on me. And that I stayed at it. You may be in a place today where you're saying, man, I'm, re- I'm, I'm just not getting going. My engine is just not warming up. I've, I've just, I'm struggling. I want to tell you, God will never give up on you. He'll come around again if you stay. I find it interesting that Jesus didn't go to Thomas' house, interrupt the movie. But when Thomas came with his brothers and was in that environment, that's where he met with Jesus. He kept showing up. He kept arriving. He kept engaging. I'm not saying Jesus couldn't have met him at home and Jesus can't meet us at home. I think the issue is, are we showing up? Are we seeking? I said it last week. You seek the Lord till you find Him. That's what Thomas did. He just kept showing up. For those of us that have been part of of this faith journey of what it means to be a disciple for any number of years, how many of you know there are times when you don't feel alive? I, I, I describe those times as all brand flake times. I have some all bread and flake seasons of my spiritual journey where you might as well eat the box. It tastes better than the stuff inside. That's my conviction about all bread and flakes. I just, oh, that stuff's from hell, man. <laughs> have you ever read the Bible and prayed and you walk away and you go, that was just not fun. There's like, I might as well have not done that. God wasn't there. I was hardly there. It's just, have, come on, is, oh, is it only me? Ooh, okay, pray for me, please. How many of you have had seasons like that in your spiritual journey? Where you turn the engine and it just goes, and you're looking for something to recharge you. You're looking for something to just get going again. But often that something doesn't come along. Or people come with all their good intentions and they try and they and they you know, find the place and they put the jumper cables on and they try, but nothing's happening. It's in those seasons where we must remember, Jesus loves me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. I just keep showing up. I just keep pressing in. Just keep, Lord. Because your word says, if I ask, I receive. It's in those seasons where we say, Lord, here I am. And God will come. I don't know why He does it that way. I don't know why it is like that, where where it sometimes takes time. Perhaps it takes time to recharge a battery. I don't know. But sometimes it just requires us to keep on. I don't know where you are. Worship team, you guys, will you join me, please? I don't know where you are in your faith journey. I don't know if your engine's going vroom and you're so excited you can't wait. You're, you're revving, you know, and just let me out of here, man. I just want, I've got stuff. If that's you, praise God. Praise God. But if you're in a place where it's, it's just, I, I, mm, mm. God's for you. 
Don't give up. Just keep showing up. Keep going to the places where Jesus is. And he'll meet with you. He's got you in his eyes. And we're so privileged. Because we live in the time of the Holy Spirit. Where we each have the Holy Spirit. That loves us. That knows us. He knows you. He knows exactly how to get through to you. And if we just stay with Him, He will do it. And that staying is not a passive staying. That's a leaning into. That's a, Lord, I'm seeking, as I spoke about last week. I want to pray this morning as we wrap up this service and this series in a sense because I felt really the Father's heart was to say, I don't want anybody to be left behind. Jesus leaves no man behind, no woman behind. I just felt the Lord Jesus' heart to say, I want to come around. And if there's anybody that says, I'm, I'm just not there yet, just for the Lord to say to you, just keep showing up, just, just, just come along. Trust me. So I want to take this time this morning. I want us to pray and trust for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit on people. Because it's only by the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask these guys, they're going to lead us in a song. And as we sing in this song, I would you like you to open your hearts and just say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For eight days later, you came just to meet with Thomas. Just to turn a doubting Thomas into a believing Thomas. Thank you, Lord, that you come around for me. That you meet me where I am and you lift me up and take me on. You cannot go on with Jesus without faith. Jesus had to help Thomas's faith turn from unbelief into faith. Thomas couldn't go the journey if he didn't come to faith. But that's the power and the working of the Holy Spirit. Is our unbelief has to be changed into faith. We have to come to a point where we say, yes, Lord, I believe. Even though everything I see points to the opposite, I believe. We have to come to that point so that we can journey on with Jesus. But Jesus will help by His Spirit to get us to that point. He did it with Gideon. He did it with Joseph. He did it with Moses. He'll do it with us. Won't you stand with me this morning? Are you guys ready? You, you good? Sure, thanks. I think it would be really great if you can be honest with the Lord. This is between you and Him. This has got nothing to do with anybody else. But just to say, Lord, you know where I am. I just want to show up and be with you this morning and meet with you. Yes, Lord, right now I just want to pray in this place that your word says if we ask for the Holy Spirit, you'll give us the Holy Spirit. And Father, I just want to pray for just a refreshing, outpouring, infilling of your Holy Spirit upon your people today in Jesus' name. 
Won't you just open your heart? It may mean that you just lift your hands as a sign of surrender, as a sign of openness, or just open your heart and just say, Lord, here I am. But Holy Spirit, we pray, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you know each and every person. You know the way that you have built them. You know, Lord, how to speak to them so that they can hear you. You know how to lead them and how to guide them, Father. You know us, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just for a f- just fr- freshly right now. Just refill people here. Or even those, Lord, that have never been filled by your Spirit, Lord. Just come. And just fill us, Lord, this morning. Because it's only by the Spirit of God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite you this morning, if you have never given your heart to Jesus and said, Lord, I want to serve you. Or you've never been prayed for, for a filling of the Holy Spirit to come to the front at this point. And our pastoral team, our elders, our prayer team will be here. And they just want to pray with you. Just come. Just show up. That's all God asks of you. Just show up. Just say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. If he can turn Thomas's, I will never believe until, into yes, Lord. What can he do with you? Just come to the front. Just right at this point, you're welcome just to come to the front. This is just an invitation for you to be, just come and allow the Lord to just use somebody to pray with you. Like Jesus was with Thomas. Just come and let somebody pray with you this morning. We don't want to see anybody left behind. We don't want to see anybody not be able to journey forward with us. God is taking us somewhere as a community. He's got a plan with us. Come. Come. Come and allow the Holy Spirit just to do, thank you, a fresh work. Thank you for every person that is coming this morning. I want to just continue to pray, Lord, for those that are in their seats and just saying, here I am, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your strengthening, for your empowering, Lord, of our lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you have come, that we may have life and life in abundance. And I speak that life over us this today in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that there would be a moving of your spirit among us, Lord. In each of us, in each of our hearts, that our engines will will be charged and ready, Father. That we would be just at that place where we can do that which you've called us to do. And be who you've called us to be, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that we, we don't have to be lukewarm. We can be on fire for you, Lord. We can be radical for you, Lord Jesus. Because of the working of your Spirit in us. Come, Holy Spirit. and Just do that among us, we pray. Thank you for this amazing community. Thank you for these beautiful people, Lord.
And Lord, I want to pray that as we head into December time, and it's going to be a bit of a, a time of where things slow down, I pray that every person that will be on the road, that you would keep them safe, Lord, in Jesus' name. I particularly want to pray for people, Lord, that for whom December is a difficult time because they perhaps don't have families to go to. Perhaps they even remember loved ones that they lost during this time. It's a hard time. It's a time where they feel a little bit more lonely than even other times of the year. I pray for surprises of the Spirit of God for people in this, over this December, Jesus. I pray that your presence will come and fill our homes and just be with us. Let this be a special time, a, a time filled with God's grace. And I want to encourage you, if you can, invite somebody around. Just If you know of people that are, this is a tough time, invite them around. Spend time with them. Let's be a community that shows and lives in the grace of God. We're going to see you tonight at 6 o'clock. We're going to have a great time with our evening Christmas celebration. There's baptism happening this morning at the functions hall. If you want to get baptized, please go there. Anybody that, if you want some prayer, come to the front. Our team's ready. They want to pray with you. Let the grace of God be upon you and His mercies be new every morning in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.